to week two of 2024. Great to see people coming back from holidays and uh, we still have some on holidays. It's that time of the year where everybody's in holiday mode and um, it's a good place to be, isn't it? Holiday mode. Who likes holidays? Yeah. Who wants another holiday? <laughs> well, I think we all do. Uh, and we do need that every so often because we need to be refreshed. We need to get our things into order and January is very much that sort of month where we have that tendency to focus about the years. Like 2023 is gone. That's, that's history. It can't change anything. Whatever happened that was good or bad in 2023 was just take your eyes off that because you cannot change it. You can learn from it, but you cannot change it other than going forward in making new ways in your life. And this morning we are, we've started our series on uh, disciples. Sorry, disciplines of a disciple. <laughs> Get that out there. And uh, we kicked off last week talking about the very thing about being a fan of God, not being a spectator, but being passionate for the things of God. Have we got any passionate people here today? Oh, I'm in the right place. This is good. I love passion because we should be passionate. The church should be on, should be on fire, should be a life in this place. We shouldn't be coming to this place where I say, is anyone passionate? And I just get a, oh, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Well, there should be something that's moved us because of what Jesus has done for us. It changes and transforms us, and we need to live from that place each day. And, um, oh, this is interesting. My notes have just gone all over the place here. I will find it in two seconds. Don't you just love it when technology lets you down? There it is. Pick the one. I, was, I might be preaching a different message in a minute. <laughs> But when we look in the life of Jesus, he was very clear that he came with a purpose. He came with promises as well. And as he unfolded all those works to his disciples, we saw a change take place in people's lives. And Jesus wants to make a change in your life today. Jesus doesn't want to leave you where you are. He came with a purpose and we as disciples, followers of Christ, likewise should follow and do the same. How do we do this? We follow the example, the teaching of Jesus. Jesus taught wherever he went. Wherever he went, there was an ex a time that he just spoke out the word of God and people that are listening were changed and transformed by that. So a person that follows Christ is a disciple of Christ. Being a disciple of Jesus means you learn disciplines. Now, who likes disciplines? Oh, I, every time I hear that word discipline, it takes me back to high school days, you know, and, and me, my best buddy, the, the principal, because uh, I spent a lot of time in his office. I got to know him really well. And, uh, you know, it's just those horror moments where you just don't like the feel of, oh, discipline, you know, it just seems so hard. But disciplines can be good for you. You know, discipline has a great thing for you to help you to grow. And you know what? God has wanted you to change, and that's why he wants to discipline you, not just for the sake. It's not like God goes, oh, I love discipline, and he's, oh, I'll get him, I'll get him. No, he actually wants to help you grow and to form that which he has called you to be. Even though God loves you just the way you are. You know God loves you just the way you are? But. But. There's always a but with God, isn't there? But God. Even though God loves you just the way you are, he loves you too much to leave you the way you are. Yes. Oh, that's a good one, isn't it? Yeah, you go like, you know, okay. God is working on you right now. He wants to get you to that new improved model. You know there could be a better model of you this year than what was the year before? 
Who likes new models of everything? I think we're kind of geared up for that in this world, a new iPhone, a new iPad, a new something. Well, how about a new you? How about a new you, you this year? Do something different from what you done last year. Say, no, this year is going to be different. I'm not just going to say it in words, because this time of the year we can very much fall into that thing like, oh, yes, I've got to make all these changes. I'm going to do this, I can do that. And the year goes by and you go, oh, I didn't really do anything, did I? Oh, <laughs> that went quick. Yeah, let's start again. But until we purpose ourselves to change, nothing changes. You've actually got to make this happen. It just doesn't fall in your lap. You don't just sit there and go, well, God, it's going to be a great year, and just sit there and nothing's happening. Um, and, and then, of course, people blame God. God, where were you this year? Why, why didn't you do? Hey, he's going, hey, well, why didn't you do something? And um, so discipleship means discipline. Without discipline, we are not a disciple. That's where the word comes from. So if you have no disciplines, you know, it's like, well, you're not really a disciple because Jesus said, I will disciple with disciplines in the people that are following him. And if we choose to follow him, we will be disciplined. And we learn these disciplines through his word, not by suggestions, not by people, but by God's word. As Christians, we need to be disciplined enough in the word so that we can also be disciplined by the word. People like the whole feel of being more like Jesus, we will sing songs like, just like Jesus, I want to be, I don't even know the songs, I'm hopeless at song singing, but uh, I'll make words up. And uh, if you ever sit with me on the front row, don't, just don't listen while I'm singing because it's not following the words, it's just, I just go off on a tangent. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, uh, we need to be disciplined by the word. People at large are undisciplined. With money, we spend more than we have. And we see this reflected in January. Sometimes we're all, oh, I've got all these presents to get, and all of a sudden, and your January comes, we're all broke. It's like, oh, I spent just a bit too much there. We're undisciplined with our time. We don't plan our day. Someone goes, oh, just too busy. And I go, what do you do today? Oh, I don't know. What did I do? Um, eating, we eat too much, not enough of the uh, right foods. We eat too much of the wrong foods. We're not disciplined right. Yeah. Exercise. Who likes exercise? Yeah, I love exercise. Uh, I do a lot with my mouth all the time. And uh, <laughs> we sleep too much. You know, it's like, uh, you know, sleeping too much is not good for you either. Not enough isn't good, but too much is not good either. And we need to just get that right. So when we become a believer, we find it hard to be a follower because it requires disciplines. See, out in the world, anything goes. You can do whatever you like, you know, whatever. And then some, suddenly when we come to Christ, there's a narrowing down and a change that takes place. And we're not used to these disciplines. Go, ooh, you know, it's making me feel a bit, oh, you know. It requires disciplines. And, 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 but those disciplines are for your benefit. Those disciplines are to help you. God doesn't discipline you just for the fun of it. He wants to get you to arrive what he's made you to be. And you can't do that without disciplines. It requires disciplines. And, and some people go, oh, but that's just such hard work. Who likes hard work? It can be hard work, but you can also change your view on what that looks like. As soon as you start telling yourself, it's all too hard, it's all too hard. You know what? It gets too hard. I used to go running a 7K around the block, and the last part of my run was all uphill. And when you've just run 7Ks in the last part, it's all uphill. I know I'm, I'm not talking about a little hill. I'm talking about a big hill. It's like you're, you, you, you really hear your body. 
Your body starts talking, you go, what are you doing? You're not going to run that, are you? I go, yeah, I am. Yeah, yeah. You start telling yourself you can't do it. That's too hard. Oh, you're going to kill yourself. You're going to have a heart attack. This is my body talking to me. And I go, yeah, shut up, body. I'm going to do it. <laughs> and this is what Paul said. I beat my body into submission. Sometimes we've got to beat our body into submission. Tell our body to shut up. Listen to your spirit because you're able to do more than what you think. You can actually overcome and you can push through those tough moments. And so I'd look at that hill and I'd go, I'm going to do it. I don't care. I'm going to do this. And I, just, I wouldn't just jog up. I would sprint. I would sprint up this hill and my body was saying, you're crazy, stop this, stop this. I go, no, I'm going to do this. And in some ways it's like then on our Christian walk, we got to say, we can do this. We got to push through those hardships, we got to push through those moments because they will just pull you back and hold you back. Jesus is not called, is calling, he's not calling you to hold you back, he's calling you to release you, to sprint, race, the, you know, run the race before you. Don't sit back saying it's all too hard because you'll sit at the end of the year and just go, gee, that was a pretty boring year. I didn't do anything because you just didn't do anything. <laughs> when we start talking to ourselves with the wrong voice, it disrupts what God wants to do in your world. I remember years ago having a young lad that was so passionate. He says, oh, I really feel God's called me to be a pastor. And I said, Oh, good luck with that one. Uh, <laughs> I said, that's not a, not a good choice career. It has to be a calling, I'm telling you. You don't want to do it by a, a career choice. And uh, he's, oh, no, no, I really feel this is it. You know, oh, that's good. Well, next minute he's sort of evaluating what he's doing in the church and starts looking at things and goes, oh, you know, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, whatever. And he came to me and he said, Pastor Ian, I think I'm doing too much. And I said, you are? Okay. What do you mean you're doing too much? Let's have a look at what you're doing. And we started looking at a couple of things he was doing. He wasn't doing much at all. But in his mindset, he thought he was doing too much. And I said, well, didn't you tell me you want to be a pastor? And he said, oh, yeah, absolutely. I said, well, it's not going to happen. Not like that. If you can't carry more weight than just two things, and uh, those two things are not require much of you, you might be on one thing one week and something on the other, that's not going to do it. Stop talking yourself out of it. Talk yourself into it. I can do this. And you do it with all joy. I'm telling you, if you can do something for God and joyful about it, it makes you want to do more. You know why I'm here? Because I enjoy it. It's not like, oh my goodness, what's the time? I've got to go to church this morning. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah, can't somebody else do this for me? And, you know, we can get into that place. We talk ourselves down. We talk, well, I can't do it. Stop saying, I can't, and start saying, I can. Start looking at the glasses half full rather than half empty. I'm telling you, if you change your thinking, you'll change your outcome. And we need to change those outcomes if we're going to achieve something different this year to last year. Amen? A life of discipline produces a better life. God's word is about a better life. God's word doesn't talk about a, a terrible life. You know, it's a better life. You've got to understand that. It's all for better. God is about life. He is about a process. And we must surrender to that process if we're going to change. People don't like change. You know, certain personalities can't handle change. Some you have to give them two months notice about change <laughs> just to get their head around it. Other personalities like me is like someone walks up and says, we're going to do this something different. Okay, that's cool. Let's do it. You know, I'm just that personality. And I understand there's different personalities in that. 
But don't discount it because, oh, I've got, to get in, I've got to get my head around this. You know, you've got the different personality types that are like that. But just say, no, nah, I'm going to deal with this. I know it's uncomfortable for me, but I'm going to do it. Yeah, because we are doers of the word. We're not just hearers, we are doers. See, discipline keeps you connected to God, and under, an undisciplined life will allow you to drift from God. That's what I find. You know, I love new Christians when I see them come to Christ because they're just so, oh, show me what to do, Pastor. What do I do next? Oh, I'll do this. Oh, this is great, you know, and, and it's just great because I remember being like that. I was just like full on, you know, I was just like, I think my pastor just go away, go away, leave me alone. <laughs> and I'll be back again, bouncing back again. What next? What next? There should be something in you that drives you because of what he has done for you. There's something that you, you sh- and I just love that with the Christ- young Christians, they're like that. But what happens after time, we can get a little bit blasé, you know, like, oh yeah, yeah, that's when I was a new Christian, I did that. You know, I used to do that too, yeah. Yeah, a bit wiser now, a bit more older. And, uh, you know, we fall into this trap of, like, backing off. Like, and suddenly it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. They'll find out what it's like when they get a bit older, you know. We look at the... I love our young ones. Our young ones are just so enthusiastic. And you need to really appreciate them because I've been in a lot of churches where the young ones don't do anything. They're just sitting there and, like, playing games and not even listening. I've been in a few church services where they're just sitting there, you know, doing that. Our youth are incredible. Our young adults are incredible. They, watch what they do. Watch what they do. They're up here. They're over there in the cafe. It's like they do a 100-meter sprint. It's like you watch at the end of this. They're <laughs> through there to serve you. See, that's because they love you, and, and they want to demonstrate what Christ has done through themselves, through serving, and uh, youth, and so forth. So great, great guys, and they've grabbed what it means to have that life. You know, there is no retirement in the kingdom, I say. There is no retirement. People go, oh, yeah, but I'm, I'm a bit older now. You can still have a voice. And while you have a voice, you can make a change. You can touch somebody's lives. You can transform somebody by what you say. And I just, we got some lovely, I mean, Millie Myers, amazing young, I say amazing young lady. You know, and Ming, they're just so full of life. They just, you know, just love people, want to share, and there's no holding back with these. She's just, they're just so encouraging. You know, have you got the encouragement spirit? Because, see, if that's all you ever do is just encourage somebody, I'm telling you, that is good in itself. You may think, well, I can't play the drums, I can't play music, I can't do the, well, neither can I, I pretend I can, but... Uh, <laughs> But I do what I can do. Can you do what you can do? If we all did what we can do, we'd change this world, I'm telling you. Rather than going, I can't, I can't, I can't, let's start saying, I can, I can, I can. Because greater is he that is in me than he is in the world. Christ is in me, he's changed me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Let's start applying the word of God. Let's not just memorize it, let's live out of that place. Amen? Oh, I'm just getting warmed up here. I don't know where I am now. Because <laughs> it says in Matthew 7, 21, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But, there's the but, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. So being a disciple of Christ is his disciplines that we apply in our life. You can come to church. You can do all those things, but it says, not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. 
but he who does the will of my Father. We are called to do something. We're not called to sit still, but to do something. You have to make a decision today to follow Jesus. These disciples in this little picture here are following Jesus. They made a decision, and so should we. It just doesn't happen automatically. It's by your choice. Your choice. Your choice. I spoke last week about the choice of some disciples in in John chapter 6 that decided not to follow Jesus anymore. Every time I read that passage, and of course I referenced it, chapter 6, verse 66, of course it has to be 666, these disciples chose not to follow Jesus anymore. And I thought, how could you do that? Like, if you understood what Jesus has done for you, who he is, why? They lost sight of who he was. But what I like in this passage, I love Jesus, just how he deals with this situation. These guys say, we're not following you anymore. (laughs) And then Jesus says, turns to the 12 disciples that have been with him. And he goes, do you also want to leave as well? Like, I think it was starting to get ticked off. Like, you know, I've done all these things. Do you ever feel like that when you've done all these things and people just don't appreciate it? Here is Jesus in 667 saying, do you also wish to go away to the 12 disciples? And I just love this because this is what we need to grab hold of. It says, then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And we have believed, have known that you are the Christ, the son of the living God. To whom shall you go, for you have the words of eternal life? When you get the revelation and understand what he is saying there, it opens up a whole lot. And you'll go, what am I thinking? Why have I let go of my walk with Christ? Why am I not traveling so strong with me? Because you've lost, you've lost sight of that. You've lost like, where do I go? Who else is there? How many times I encounter people going, Oh, you know, they start strong in church and suddenly they're drifting, they're out the door and you try to contact them and they go, no, I'm just losing my faith, just, just losing my faith. How do you lose your faith? You lose it by choice. You, you, because people get disappointed because they, you've got to understand God is in control, right? You're not. And when you cannot hand over the steering wheel to God, eh, it's never going to steer right, okay? You know those backseat drivers that like to like, tell you what to do and hand comes through between the seats grabbing the steering wheel? Um, some of us are like that. We cannot hand over total control because we haven't learned what Pastor Sharon said this morning, trust. When you learn trust, it is so easy, uh, like... <laughs> I trust God so much, I'm not going to let him take the steering wheel. I'll rip the steering wheel off and pass it to him. <laughs> take the wheel. And, uh, but that's the place we need to be. To whom shall we go? What alternative is there? Okay, what is the alternative? If you want to turn your back on God right now, what alternative do you have? What, what gives you anything out of that? No hope at all. You're left with the devil, and the devil knows his end. Do you want to land there with him? You know, because that's where you're going if you don't. There is no alternative. That's the reality. That is the truth. That is the message of the kingdom of, the God, of God. That is the message of the gospel that Jesus came to preach, to give us an understanding. 
This is what a transformed look, uh, life looks like. These people were transformed by that understanding. How do we keep in this place? We keep in that place by discipline. Probably one of the least disciplines practiced is to spend time in his word. See, the reason we get lost is because we're not following the directions. Oh, somebody needs to hear that. The reason you're lost is because you're not following the directions. I'm telling you, I've done that with a, many times with Google Maps and things like that. I've got lost because I didn't listen to the voice. Sometimes it's annoying. Turn left at the next 100 metres. 100 metres, please turn right. And, and, and I just like, oh, I'll turn the thing off. I'll work this out. And some of us are like that through life. We try to work it out without his word. We're not listening to the voice of God. We've switched him off because we think we know better. We think we've got this covered. The Bible Society was saddened recently by their research, which showed that only two in ten Aussie Christians read their Bible daily. Only two out of ten Christians, this is. Two. Just two. One, two. That's it. Christians are saying they just don't have the time. What? Don't have the time? You don't have the time for God? You don't have time for eternity? Because that's where we're going. That's eternity is a big, long time. <laughs> and if you don't have the time, the reason is because the devil is very cunning and the devil has devices. That's why Paul says we are not ignorant of his devices. His devices are devices quite often in your hand, taking up your time. More of us can quote things on TikTok than we can in the scriptures. TikTok has got our time. And it's wired our brains up to think that way, like, oh, we can't possibly sit down in the Bible. That takes too much time. TikTok, whoa, I just saw something for two minutes. That's good. Right, next one. We, we, we are being pushed and conditioned to this moment in time where we cannot sit still. We cannot focus. We cannot meditate. We're just being informed, information, 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 where we need transformation. We need transformation. We must find time. Because the words have eternal life attached to it. TikTok has nothing attached to it except for the Chinese. But um, <laughs> we need to understand God's word has have life. As one author put it, he says, Watch your thoughts, for they become words. Watch your words, they become actions. Watch your actions, they become habits. Watch your habits, they become character. Watch your character becomes your destiny. Ooh, everyone went, ooh, I heard that. <laughs> Josh, it says in Joshua 8, The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then will have good success. If we meditate on God's word and apply it every day, this is the outcome. You've got to understand there's, there's an outcome. There's a good outcome. It says you will be prosperous and you will have good success. Who wants good success and prosperity? That's God's word. That's God's word. So if you flip that, if we don't do those things, we can't expect that. See, people want to expect good things with bad actions. Just doesn't happen. Feed your mind, feed your heart. Garbage in, garbage out. Proverbs 27 verse 19 says, As water reflects a face, 
So a man's heart reflects the man. And I want to take you this morning, I haven't even started, I'm just raving here, because I want you to get an understanding this year that will transform you. Because we need to dig in, as a disciple, we need to dig into his word. We need to hear from God daily. We need to meditate on that. And some people go, yeah, I find it hard. Probably one of the most common questions is asked of me as a pastor is like, 66 books, where do I start? Where do I start? And that is sometimes a stumbling block because you don't know where to start. It's too hard to start. Like, oh, I just confused. It's kind of like that. Rather than going, okay, no, discipleship means discipline. I've got to be disciplined. I'm going to start, firstly, as a new Christian, I will say, start getting to know who Jesus is. Read the Gospels. Read John. Read about the amazing things that Jesus did. Read those things. But don't just read it like a, a novel or read it like a, you know, some people quite often read it like a religious duty, like, ah, oh, I don't really want to read the Bible. I want to get on the TikTok and Facebook. But, you know, I, I've got to do my religious duty, God's watching, so I better just read something, you know. And they just read it, but they don't, uh, you know, absorb it. It's just like, I just did it. Like, I forgot a tick from God because I read that scripture this morning. And then you go ask them about it, they got no clue. When you read a scripture, don't try to do a marathon run like right through a whole massive book. Read a little bit of time. Read a little bit of time and just stop and say, Holy Spirit, what does that mean? What are you saying to me in this moment, in this time? I do this. I read it and, I, and I'll stop. This is why I say I can't possibly do the Bible in a year. It's impossible for me because I read something and I'm bang. Whoa, what does that mean? And I'm meditating on it. Suddenly half an hour's gone. I'm going, oh, and it's only like chapter one, and, and, I, and I'm on a half an hour. I learned this years ago in Bible college, one of my lecturers there, he took us on a lesson of eight weeks in the book of Romans. On the eighth week, we were only in chapter one. Because it was so much when you meditate and dig deeper, but nobody wants to do the work because it's so hard. But I'm telling you, you get rewarded when you struck gold. You start digging, you're going to get to gold. And when you get gold, you go, oh, wow. And you want to dig deeper because you want to find more. And I'm telling you, that's what the scripture does for you. So I want you this morning just to turn to 2 Timothy 3.16 and 3.17. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is God-breathed and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfected thoroughly, furnished to every good work. Let me just pray this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word, for your truth. And God, as we look into your word this morning, God, I pray that you encourage us, that you inspire us to dig deeper, to look at your word. God, to be transformed by your word. Father, we thank you for your word, for your word is truth and gives us life. And we give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. Everybody says, Amen. Okay. Number one, disciple needs... We need doctrine, a way on how to live. It says all, not some scripture. Too many, too many Christians live by the, oh, I think only some scripture is inspired, because I, I don't like those bits. This good, this bit, I like this, prosperous, oh yeah, that's good. That I don't like, don't like, suffering, nah, not for me. So we, we kind of pick and choose through the scriptures, don't we? We kind of like turn a blind eye to the ones we don't really like, we quickly rush over that bit, because I like that. But it says here, all, not some scripture, is inspired by God. 
If it's inspired by God, we need to know what he has to say to each one of us. For it's profitable. It's profitable. It's not going to take away from you. It's going to add to you. It's going to add to you. It's not just suggestions. It's not like Jesus giving us a book of suggestions. Here, it's like a recipe when you're hungry. Go, oh, what's for tea? I don't know. Let's get some suggestions out of the book. It's not like that. These are words of eternal life that we need to understand. So first of all, we need to read his word. For it's profitable to us. If it's profitable to us, we need to actually read it. It's, it's not like Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing power of soul and spirit and the joints and marrow and as a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The word of God is living and powerful. It is not a dead word from the past, but it's a living word for you today. Okay, it's not, some people kind of think, oh, that was a lovely read there. Must have been incredible for the guys back then that were living when Jesus said that. But Jesus' word is alive today as much as it was back then and will be forevermore. My word does not return void, he says. It is powerful. It is sharp. It is living. So we can change. Living things change things. It transforms us. Romans 12, 2 says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind in order to prove by you what is the good and pleasing and perfect will of God. We read the word and it transforms us. It rewires our thinking. Some of us have got to get rid of our stinking thinking. <laughs> Some of our thinking is so wrong. And you don't realize until you read God's word, you go, oh, yeah, oh, that one hurts. Yeah, yeah, that was me. Yeah, I should have uh, handled that different. That's why we need God's word, because it corrects us. The doctrine teaches us the way to think, the way to handle situations, and, and where to go forward from there. Then it says disciples need reproof, because it says all scriptures God breathed and it's profitable doctrine for reproof. Reproof means like to it's like... Uh, Proven the situation that convinced men of the truth. So it's a word that actually brings truth to us, gives us understanding of something. You know, the Bible has proved itself over time and time again. Uh, we find our history there. We find why we do what we do. We find all about eternity. We find about heaven. Everything you know about God, you can't tell me that you know God and never read his word. Because his word tells you who he is, his character, what he would and what he wouldn't do, what he likes and what he doesn't like. And if you want to know God, you have to read his word because it's about him. It's about him. The word teaches us how to live, why we are here, the creation, the future, everything. And that's why we can rest in him because he's got everything covered. He's not worried about tomorrow. He's not worried. He's like, oh, he's not like in heaven going, to oh, man, it's looking pretty messy down there on earth. What are we going to do? Do you know what's going to happen next? Oh, I don't know. I'm going to get on TikTok and have a look. Um, God is not like that. God has totally got everything under control. He's seen the end from the beginning, the beginning to the end. He knows everything. So we need to know what he wants us to know. And that's how we find it, by reading his word. 
Number three, disciples need correction. Now, this is the one that people don't like. Like I said, people go, yeah, I love those other ones, but correction, oh, I don't know, you know, I kind of think I know what I'm talking about, God, you know, come on, been around a bit. People do not like correction unless you're a humble person. That's why the Bible says to humble yourself. If you live in a place of humility, you know, being humble, then you'll have no problems being corrected. I like correction. There's wisdom in correction. Like if I was walking, <laughs> I might show up perhaps another time, uh, a video illustrating that. If you saw a blind man walking towards a cliff, you're going to stop him, aren't you? You're going to stop that. Wisdom stops us doing the wrong things, stops us heading in the wrong direction. It actually corrects us in a way to save us. And we all need to be saved from ourselves. So the ways to correct our errors are provided in the scriptures. So it says, do not do this. See, some people think the book, the Bible itself is a book of don'ts. But I want to tell you, the Bible has more do's than don'ts. So it's correcting you with the do's. That sounds funny, doesn't it? The do's. <laughs> he is correcting you, stopping you on the don'ts to get you to do the do's. <laughs> the do's, the do's, don'ts. Now, somebody's going to tweet that this morning, I reckon. They're going to go, don't do the don'ts, do the do's. <laughs> the ways to correct our errors is when we do the right thing. And we, how do we know the right thing? God's word is truth. It teaches the right things. Hebrews 12, 11 says, all discipline for the moment seems not to be joyful. Because nobody likes discipline. It's not joyful. I don't feel joy. Um, but sorrowful, yet to those who have been trained by it, afterwards yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. Put it very simply, the contemporary English version says this, it is never fun to be corrected. Who thinks it's fun to be corrected? Oh, I love being corrected. Help me. Come, come correct me. Oh, I shouldn't do that. You'll be lined up afterwards. Uh, <laughs> it says, it's never fun to be corrected. In fact, at the time, it was always painful. But if we learn to obey by being corrected, we will do right and live at peace. Who wants a peaceful life? Learn to be corrected. That's okay. It's, it's not shame in being corrected. It, it, you learn, you grow. We make, all make mistakes, so it's okay to be correct. To go, yep, thanks, good, thank you for telling me, that's great. Let's not be too proud. Let's, let's, not, let's not just drift away there. So we need to be corrected to keep us on that narrow path. Two roads we can travel, or two paths we can travel. One leads to life, one leads to destruction. And we want to be on the path that leads to life. So we need correction. If we're wandering over onto the other path, we need correction to bring us back onto that path. <coughs> Disciples need instruction in righteousness. It says, for all scriptures God breathed and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for, right, uh, sorry, <laughs> for instruction in righteousness. God gives clear instructions on how to live right by him rather than falling back into error. This is the second most neglected step in the process because people often forget to take guard against future mistakes. We need instruction in right living with God. Because otherwise you'll repeat it. If no one, you know, and, and, and look, I often hear people going, oh, you know, they see their Christian brother walking astray, doing the wrong thing. And I um, say, oh, you know, look, he's doing this and he shouldn't be doing that. And I said, well, have you spoken to him? Oh, no, I can't judge. 
Can't judge. Oh, no, I mustn't judge. Uh, Hang on. It never said that. You know, Paul says, who am I to judge those outside the church? Meaning God judges those outside the church that knows, doesn't know God. But he says, but I am to judge those inside. It doesn't mean judge with condemnation, but it's to pull your brother back in line because you can see where they're going. We need to correct one another in love, of course, not in anything else. Uh, not hit them over the head. You, you actually got to do it in love. Like, I'm, I'm concerned about you, my friend. You know, like where you're heading right now is not good. You know, I really want, I'm praying for you that, you know, you change your direction. We need instruction in righteousness. So in closing this morning, I hope you've kind of got a bit of a scope and understanding how important it is to read the word. Jesus spoke about his word. He says in Luke 9.26, For whoever shall be ashamed of me and of my words, the Son of Man shall be ashamed of him when he shall come in his own in his Father's glory and of the holy angels. I'm telling you that Jesus has visited us once. He's coming back a second time. And if he finds you ashamed of him and his words, he will also be ashamed of you. That's what it says here. But this morning we have an opportunity to change. We have an opportunity to align with his word, learning instruction, disciplines of, of his word. And I pray this morning that will be your heart's desire for 2024, that you're going to get into his word. And I said, you're not going to read it like a religious person. You're going to read it like, I read it like a detective, like looking for clues, looking for things. Think differently about how you read the Bible. A detective looks for everything. Oh, what's this? <laughs> oh, man, we've got to check that out. So your mission is to be a detective for this year. Amen. All right, let's just close our eyes this morning. You know, starting a relationship, starting the Word of God is having a love for God. And, and God gives us that opportunity to come to Him this morning. If you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you've never given your life to Him, you've not started that relationship, so you don't know where to start. I'm telling you, start with giving your life to Him by repenting, turn away from your life and saying, I need you. And this morning in this place, if that's you, if you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, perhaps you once did it as a child, perhaps you're not even sure where you stand with Jesus right now, but you know you need Him. With every head bowed, eye closed right now, just raise your hand wherever you are and I will pray for you. And I'll believe that God will bring you. I see that hand. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Is there anybody else here this morning? You start in 2024 in right with God, being right with God. God, God's not going to twist your arm. You know what? He's done all He can. He's done everything He can for us. He can't do any more. He gave His Son to die on the cross to pay for our sins. He's given His Word of instructions, warnings, everything. He can't do any more. It's now down to you. Do you want to receive Christ? Or do you want to continue your well-being the same? Your decision, God's not going to twist your arm. Amen. So this morning, we all need Jesus. Everyone here, we all need to be transformed daily. Changed by His Word. Changed by those disciplines in His Word. And this morning, my second call is for people to make that decision. Like, I don't need to know where you are, how much you read, what you don't or do do in relationship with God. But I just want you to say before God, you know, when I'm looking around to say, God, 
I'm going to change something this year. Just something. Something I need to work on. Something I'm going to change. Just raise your hand just so God can see it. Like, yeah, let's not be ashamed. Amen. We all should have our hands up. We all need to change. None of us are perfect. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. We need, we're on a journey together. Amen. Let me just pray this morning. Firstly, for those that have raised their hands in this place to receive Jesus, because that's the most important thing that you could ever do. Let's encourage these people. Let's help them out. Let's say this sinner's prayer together with them. Repeat after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died on the cross for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn now from my sins and invite you to come into my life to be my Lord and Saviour. And everybody said, Amen. Keep your eyes closed. I'm going to pray for those others. Firstly, if you've prayed that prayer for the first time, I'd love for you to come meet with one of our team or myself because we want to help you start your life afresh with Christ. Secondly, for those that are in Christ, that realize I need to change something this year. You know, I keep talking about it, but I never do it. And I need to because I know it's profitable if I follow God's word. If that's you in this place, I saw the hands come up. I'm praying for you right now. Heavenly Father, I pray for all those that raise their hand today to make 2024 different from 2023. God, for the dreams, the visions, the thoughts that you've put in place on their heart in 2023 will come to life in 2024 as they humbly submit themselves to you, as they surrender to you, as they spend time in your word listening to you. Father, I pray this year will be a different year. I pray, oh God, that these people will be transformed because your word is transforming. Your word is life. Father, we thank you this day for your truth. We thank you, God, for who you are and that, God, through your word, you speak to us. We give you all the praise and all the glory in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Amen.